five, four, three, two. to you by McQuano Coffee Roasters, McQuanoCoffee.com. Coming to you live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible belt, it's the Gut Check Press Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Clock and Zachary Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio studio <laughs> but dude i watched a walking movie the other night yeah uh, i watched catch me if you can oh dude um, two mice which, which is so fun Don't yeah it. yeah that's so good <laughs> it is it's a really good movie dude, dude did you know that that guy made all that stuff up he didn't do that stuff like the con yes. is actually that he didn't actually con people <laughs> that's so funny dude i actually kind of love that he was in jail the whole time dude i loved and i i need to like finish introducing you uh joined as always in in studio by my good friend my partner in radio my partner in business my partner in liking catch me if you can partner in crime yeah um zach bartles zach we are about to see each other in person so the next time we record this radio program it will be together and uh i can't wait dude we're gonna record a bunch of shows a bunch of content a bunch of patreons um i think we need to Put a general challenge out to our listenership, which is they need to become Patreon members. All right, uh, they could they could do it at one of two levels, and I dare say, Zach, all Patreon members will be entered into a drawing to win a brand new, still ensconced in paper and plastic uh, saddleback leather bag. It's a saddleback briefcase. It's beautiful. I, I want to push dark. back on that, Ted. Legally speaking, yeah. I don't think we can do it. Yeah. I I, okay. I was I was researching a little bit. I don't think we could run okay. a raffle without yeah. opening ourselves up to uh, some serious liability issues, especially with that hefty a prize. I have yeah. an idea for a workaround. Um, okay. If you want to hear it now or if you want to hear it later, I don't care. Gosh, dude, you're such a good businessman. You know, like I, I just I have these ideas. I want to run with them, but then, but then you know, you're doing them. the hard work. <laughs> yeah, no, and then you kill <laughs> them. But good. you're. Dude, you're staying up late, shuffling all those papers at the desk there at the office and, you know, like ordering in Chinese food. Aaron's sitting at home with like a plate of chicken on the table and the candle burning down yeah. and she's checking her watch. And, you know, you walk in after a long day of, of work at Gut Check Corporate and she's checking her watch, you know, yeah. and she's like, hey, your chicken's cold, bub. But then I pull you out know? an enormous bouquet of flowers and then she still <laughs> wants to go to bed with me. So... There it is. Yeah, you pull out like a like a brand new like diamond tennis bracelet from Zales. And she's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> shout out Zales. No free shout outs. Um, the, the, Zales, the middle Zales of family. every mall, dude. That's like the crotch yeah. of the mall everywhere yeah, in every town. Yeah, you're so right, man. And it is. It's always in the crotch. It's always like adjacent to like the the cinnabon place like there in the middle yeah. you know where nothing says um, high class like the smell of cinnabon wafting in right? yeah who's buying these like rings and stuff who's paying five thousand dollars for a piece of jewelry in the mall adjacent to the cinnabon how are all the other stores like withering yeah. and dying on the vine but all the zales are still going strong it's a great question dude and i, I want to tie it into our discussion of catch me if you can 
because I did love the little the little con, man, the little deal that he would do where like he would produce like a necklace, like a Zales yeah. necklace. And it would end up on the ground, and he'd be like, "Oh, I think you, I think you dropped this." Must and it have was slipped his way of right like, off your neck. Yeah, yeah, must have, yeah, must have slipped right off your neck. And uh, yeah, dude, that movie had some charming people in it. Um, you know, mid-career walk-in, kind of mid-career Hanks, where he'd just come off that like unbelievable run of everything, you know, being a hit and him being like the the top line guy in every movie, and then he was kind of like the second guy in this movie. But uh, I enjoyed him in it, even though his his accent was weird. Um, <laughs> I was like, why not just talk like Tom Hanks? Knock, knock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Leo was great. Great movie. Catch me if you can. But Zach, we are legitimate businessmen. And um, you have a workaround for our raffle issue. What is it? The workaround is this. Yeah. First of all, you got to be a patron. Uh, we're only going to announce the particulars of how to enter on the on the Patreon program. Okay. I think Good. with a, a opportunity this big, yeah. we can't just throw it out to the masses. No, it's a huge opportunity. I also think the bag ships uh, two, three months um, later, and I'm only going to find your uh, address on the Patreon, uh, current patron list. So you can't just jump okay. in, enter, and jump off. Give us mm. give us your four bucks three times. All right. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying that you're buying a raffle ticket because here's my workaround. We have a job yeah. opening. It's it's freelance work. It's contract work. It's one-time work. And uh, we've decided to look internally first at our patron uh-huh. uh, base. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe it is someone needs to go through and take all of the um, audio like Pete Ford did with the mm-hmm. first re- uh, re-raptured book and do it with re-raptured again up to this point. Send it into mm-hmm. us. Do some of that work. Maybe we have a, a contest where uh, people design a new temporary logo or record mm. the intro um, mm. or something like that. And uh, yeah. the best one gets the job, and the payment for the job is the bag. Mm. We've determined mm. that beforehand. And since it's going to be under the threshold of where you'd have to like fill out a 1099 or anything, it's on them to report this payment for this job in whatever way mm. they're going to. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Where we become just kind of like the uh, the person <laughs> offering the job, screening the qualified candidates, <laughs> and then awarding the position to someone and paying them. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in a sense, the payment is the Saddleback bag. In every sense, in the, yeah. In, yeah. In the in, clearest in sense. Every sense. <laughs> yeah, in the clearest <laughs> sense. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm blown away by your productivity. Okay. <laughs> I've been reading those like Zen habits books all week. Yeah. The, those like business guy books. Yeah. Those, <laughs> the Zen habit, like day crusher books. And um, no, I'm, I'm blown away, Zach, by what you've been able to do here with this project. And, you know, I, I, I gave it to you in the office. I said, you know what? Why don't you stretch your legs on this one a little bit? Um, I, I got to let this pony run with this project. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And what you've come back with is just unbelievable. So that's how we're going to move forward as a company. Um, one of our listeners and one of our subcontractors, I should say. Yeah, right. Uh, we think of you is, now in those terms. Yeah, we think of you as a, as a, in a way, as a coworker. You know, so we could run into you at the water cooler. You know, can I ask you, like, how's your day? Um, how's work going for you? You know, we could we could have some of that banner in the company. But uh, 
you will you will be doing that banner with a saddleback bag slung over your shoulder. Zach, we love this company, saddlebackleather.com. Uh, I have received my new doctor's duffel bag, and I got to tell you, it is tremendous. I'm loving it. Everybody in the family's loving it. My boys are kind of adjusting to it. They're no longer threatened by it. But I, I got to tell you, it's caused some tension in my marriage. And Ooh. I want to explain this situation that I'm in, this rather precarious situation, and then get your counsel on it, okay? I don't like to that? hear this. Yeah, let's get to the bottom of it. Let's get to the core of the issue. Yeah. Well, first of all, KK and I are okay still. Like, we're working through it. But here's the deal, dude. Every time we travel, she kind of accuses me of underpacking. Oh. And there's something about traveling that makes my, like, ultra-efficient side kick in. And I'm like, I don't want any wasted motion. I don't want excess things. And I want to really streamline what I'm taking, right? And I got this beautiful new bag, dude. It's been displayed prominently in in our bedroom for the last week, just waiting for this trip. And every time every time I walk by it, I kind of look at it, and I'm kind of planning my little deal of like, how am I going to get a week's worth of clothing into this saddleback bag? And every once in a while, she'll catch me looking at it, and she'll be like, "Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can get a week's worth of stuff into this bag." And I got to tell you, man, I see it as a challenge. You know, I see it. I, I feel like she's disrespecting me and the bag. And I feel like this bag and I can do great things together. And as soon as I get off this program, Zachary Bartles, I'm going to be packing. And I think I can do it. Um, but what do, you, what do you think this kind of tension is going to do to my marriage? All right. I've got, I've got a question before I even offer my, my counsel and my, my wisdom. Okay. Yeah, you're concerned with overpacking. She's accusing you of underpacking. You are bringing yeah. both the giveaway bag so I can see it and your bag, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, I am. But I'm keeping the big. I'm keeping the giveaway bag like lashed and ensconced in the packaging that it came in because yeah. I want whoever wins that beautiful baby bag to have the experience that you and I had of like taking the plastic off, like pulling that nice crumpled paper out, hearing yeah. the sound, smelling the paper. Um, you know what I mean? I want them to have that sensory experience or I could, I could pack that other bag. Yeah. Well, then you're, then you're paying someone with a used bag and they're going to hand in, you yeah. know, kind of second tier work. So here's my thought. Um, yeah. and, and you're not going to like it because, uh, you're not gonna like it on two levels. First of all, I have to recuse okay. myself. There's a conflict okay. of interests here. Uh, mm. and that is, well, you and I are, <laughs> are far better friends than KK and mm -hmm. I are. Uh, you and mm -hmm. I are, are, are closer friends. Um, yeah. I it philosophically, obviously, mm -hmm. am more predisposed to to KKs. Here's the thing about yeah. here's the thing yeah. about our, our our two couples as friends. There yeah. are a billion ways I am more like your wife, and you are more mm -hmm. like mine, which explains mm -hmm. why we've uh, attracted. Why you and opposites. I get along together? Well, so yeah, well. also that, yeah. but yeah, you know, mm -hmm. like I think you can't have people who are too similar get married. You know, it just yeah, it blows yeah. up. Um, yeah. But one way in which uh, I really can relate to KK is wanting to have what you need, even if it means bringing a lot. I just yeah. took a, a three-day trip to my mother's house, uh, mm -hmm. and I brought enough, like, cords, charging cords, converters, <laughs> electric, to, like, start start a, a router farm. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't feel like I can fairly sit. 
Mm. I mean, I mean, like you might think the reason that I have a conflict of interest is because you and I are boys, but it's actually because yeah. I'm right off the Long gate. I'm like, boy. no, Kick is right. Yeah. You're wrong. Um, mm. Bring that saddleback bag. Bring, you know, dump out your your briefcase and stuff that full of stuff as well. So you've got two saddleback yeah. bags. I thought about doing that, dude. I might do it. That's a, that's actually a nice little workaround. Um, we can get a picture listen. of you with four saddleback bags on you. The giveaway, your in bags. and mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, that would be so exciting, wouldn't it? That'd be an amazing photo op, Zach. Um, I, I just got to tell you, I appreciate your candor in this. And um, I had a feeling it might go that way. And, and I'm just glad. I'm glad you're not disagreeing me, with me because of the... The, the kind of hatred thing that you shared off the air. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like you hate me just because I'm German and you're Dutch. Yeah, you know, you know and, and there's, and, you're right. The, the reason it, you feel that way is because there's actual <laughs> hatred emanating from me in your direction. Yeah. And I've tried to and poison I, you a few times. Yeah. I mean, you and I both know how hard it is for like, you know, white people from different like European yeah. ancestries yeah. to get along. And I mean, we've worked through a lot of that in our, in our relationship. Conflicts but, run deep. Uh, yeah. They go back the, centuries. The, yeah. They go back centuries. The conflicts run deep. And I just want to thank you for not taking it out on me more often than you do. Um, yeah. thank you for like, for, for, for really seeing me. Yeah. The you fact that I mean? I'm like 70% uh, German, uh, actually helps as well. <laughs> <It does>. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any white says. people left that aren't mostly German? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I play it down um, because the Dutch thing, especially yeah. you know, being my, my family from West Michigan and having lived there quite a while, you know, if you're not Dutch, yeah. you're not much, et cetera. But also because yeah, of yeah. all the atrocities and attempts to take over the world, that uh, yeah. I don't want people to to really associate yeah. me with, you know, yeah, Zephyrer, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's been tough, dude. Let me tell you. <laughs> I've tried to distance myself from that, you know, a, a lot as well. Um, that's why you dropped the Vaughn from your last name, right? When did you do that? Like 92? (laughs) Yeah. 1892. Um, dude, let me tell you a weird thing about like Tennessee white people compared (laughs) to up, up North white people. Uh And I know some, some of this language could be, could be triggering for some people. So, um, you know, if, if that, if that applies to you, then just be, be aware of, of what might be hard about this conversation. So, you know how up North, and I'm thinking like Chicago, where my parents are from, or like even even Lansing or Michigan or whatever to some degree. Like you kind of knew the nationalities of the white people you were dealing with. Yeah, in, in my hometown way, it was the, Polish in in Chicago. Yeah. You're dealing with an yeah. You've got neighborhoods by by yeah. background there. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Chicago's a lot of Polish people too, and influence, and you know Dutch people on the west side of Michigan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Tennessee. You you can't you can't tell what they are. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the the names don't sort of betray the nationality. Right. And, um, I'm not saying that's a problem for me. I'm just saying it's an observable thing. Your thoughts? It'd be a problem for me. I like to be able to file people <laughs> away. You know, I like to delineate things. I like to know yeah. who I hate before we've even shaken hands. You know? <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. So it would be it would be hard for you down here. I think your last name um, is Smith with a Y. Oh no! Oh, yeah, yeah, we know what that means. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> All right. So what I'm what I'm hearing vis a vis marital conflict is that I just need to lean into. I need to try kind of that overpacking lifestyle. I need to be I need to be overpacking curious as it pertains <laughs> to this trip. 
Ted, can and I dig deep into your psyche a little bit a minute before you draw your final you conclusion? Yeah, like, I would feel seen and heard by you if you did that. I understand yeah. when you're flying and you want a oh. single carry-on and a personal item. You shove the carry-on yeah. in the overhead or even better, you can fit it. That's how I fly. When, yeah. Remember yeah. when I came and saw you last time, I had yeah. like one little like duffel that had my clothes and stuff, and then I had my briefcase. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, dude, I'm a big overhead guy. I, I love getting it all into that into that carry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I do too. Um, mm-hmm. But when you're driving, especially, I mean, you you don't take you know interstate trips in like a tiny teeny car with no room. I mean, you can right. uh, you can spread out a bit. You can you can make yeah. your your home kind of. Uh, your your vehicle and and have yeah. all the accoutrement and and uh, you know perks of of home with you and, and yet yeah. you choose to act like it's still a plane and and what yeah. why is that what are you afraid of deep down? Uh, first of all, that's a great question. Um, I think what I'm afraid of, and this is strange, dude. So the answer is twofold. Okay, so on one level, it's just a very practical like if I bring all the stuff that I like from my house. And then I'm staying at several places along the way. The likelihood of me leaving something that I like somewhere is higher, right? Like it's exponentially higher. So I'm like, I don't want to take everything that I like from my house and risk like accidentally leaving it at some Airbnb. You I know see what that. I mean? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not defending that as, as rational, all right? That's irrational in that I'm a 46-year-old man who never leaves stuff anywhere. Like, right. Yeah. Um, you visited me countless times and I've never been calling you or texting you like, oh, hey, Ted, you left X here. Yeah. Never. Not yeah, once. You left your favorite hoodie or you left a hat or whatever. Like I, I just I could count on one hand the number of times that's happened in my life. You're so like that's, Jason that's, Bourne. You're like, we have to keep track of what we touched and wipe it down before we leave. Like you, dude, I am yeah. like Jason Bourne, dude. I'm like the Jason Bourne of efficient traveling, <laughs> you know? And you, I'm when like, you I, get to like a, a hotel and you're on the third floor, you jump from yeah. an adjacent building on the third <laughs> floor across. Just because it's more efficient, it's closer, you know? <laughs> Instead of checking out, I just throw my bag out the window and then like shimmy down a fire escape to get to it. You, you know? red bag! Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and when I see you, I'm like, that guy's 200 pounds and he knows how to handle himself. <laughs> oh, I you wish. Know? I don't know. I don't know how I know that, you know. <laughs> I know the best place to look for a gun is in that booth over there. Could you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, but like, so so that's one level, right, on which it's operative. But the other level, and this is much more nuanced and complicated, is that, and this is dumb, dude. This is so dumb, and I know it drives my wife crazy. Anytime we travel, so it could be airplane or car trip, I get like 33% more stressed out. Like my stress level goes up for reasons that are largely irrational, right? Like there's nothing quantifiably stressful about this trip. We're taking a route that we've taken a thousand times before to visit people that we know we love in places that are familiar. We're even staying at the exact same Airbnb in Lansing that we stayed in last time and we love it. So there's like nothing to be stressed about. And yet I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. And what about the cats? And like, did we lock the door? And so I I just want to unclutter my mind as it pertains to packing. Like I want a couple of pairs of jeans that I know I love, you know, a couple, a couple of shirts. I want to keep it real simple, dude. And my, like my goal, and again, irrational is to get back and to have worn everything that I've packed, but to not have to wear anything twice. You know what I mean? So it was like a perfect pack, like a perfectly efficient pack. 
Whereas KK will get home from a trip and like two thirds of the stuff in her suitcase she hasn't worn. Yeah, she wanted the options while she was there. She wanted the options while she's there. And and like, I don't want any options because I know (laughs) I'm going to be stressed out. I just want to know what I'm wearing for that day. You know, Um, it's it's very irrational and I'm not defending it, but that's just kind of how it works. Ted, let me let me tell two short stories. One about me, one about you as we dig deeper into this. Yeah, this is fun, man. The one about you, it's not a fun story for you, I don't think. Um, okay. Because, well, I appreciate the heads up on that. Well, I mean, it's a travel story, and you just, you've, as long as I've known you, mm-hmm. in fact, one of the first first times we hung out, I remember it It was like established, well-established lore, yeah. how you travel. And and okay. I've seen it. We've traveled together, yeah. not only, you know, on, on day trips and, and little trips, you know, uh, to the a cabin here or there, but internationally, yeah. I've seen it in yeah. action. But yeah. uh, the first time that you went on a big trip when we knew you was when you went to yeah. Adopt Maxim. You went yeah. to Ukraine. It was a sad time for me because you were leaving yeah, for, yeah. gosh, how long were you gone? Dude, we were gone for three months. Oh, yeah, dude. I, rem- I remember when you got home. Uh-huh. I, I went, we went to visit you. Like we gave you like a day, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, cause we knew the casseroles were coming and the church people were coming and everybody wanted to. Dude, like, so just like after I got my bag, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You, you gave me like a day, and then it's scenarios. like, hey, we can go see it. We can go meet the bag, you know? <laughs> but you opened the door, dude, and I remember I, I took you off your feet with a with a hug, yeah. and uh, I felt really sheepish afterward because it wasn't me joking around. I was so exuberant yeah. to see you again. I love that, though, man. That made me feel really good. I mean, you, you, like you, you had you had a little abdominal pain for the next few days. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, my back hurt because you threw it out of yeah. alignment. But you weren't uh, ready for it. You were ready for somebody to just say hi. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it made me feel really good emotionally. I guess is, is a better way to say hurt it. So good, if you will. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, where was it? Go- oh, right, right. So when you were gone, like when you yeah. were leaving, we sent you with some of our DVDs because you were like, "There's so much downtime in this." Because you'd been mm-hmm. you'd been through mm-hmm. this before. You knew what it was mm-hmm. like. And uh, you're like, we need we need anyone who has loaned us DVDs to watch and stuff to like yeah. occupy our time. So we loaned you a stack of DVDs. I was like, there's some dumb ones in here. We had like Dead Man on Campus and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was fun emailing back and forth about what you thought about the different movies and stuff. But uh, we sent you with one that I, to this day, think is a fun movie called Just Married. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher and the late Brittany Murphy. Yeah. And uh, you got like 10 minutes into it, mm-hmm. realized that it was a movie that involved travel and like mishaps and could yeah. not watch it. Yeah, that's true, dude. And you were like a little annoyed, I think, with me. Maybe, maybe, maybe this was in my head, but I think you were a little annoyed with me for sending it with you. Like, no, I wasn't annoyed, the, dude. The I just, I, I just knew my limitations. I knew I couldn't, you know, while being in a stressful travel situation, I couldn't watch a movie about stressful travel situations. And dude, I had the same, I kind of had the same feeling, not for me, but like I have this other friend and you don't know him, um, but he's going through all this trouble with the IRS right now. Mm. And like the first act of Catch Me If You Can is all about like Leo's dad you know, kind of duking it out with the IRS and losing. And I was like, oh my gosh, my, my other buddy needs to not watch this. This would be too much for him, you know? So I think I'm, I think I have a sensitivity to like content in movies that dovetail with whatever I might be going through in real life. But hear this, and this has been, you know, uh, 14 years now, 
uh, since that happened, but I, I was not annoyed with you for sending that movie. I don't know. Here's um, the thing. If you were uh, viciously angry with me for sending that, you would not remember. Yeah. You uh, Seriously, you would have, you would have yeah, blocked yeah. that out. You, you don't remember. You're the, you are definitely not someone who struggles with holding a grudge. You, you like immediately, yeah. as soon as things are cool and you make things cool with people ASAP, you block it. Um, yeah, I think I do, man. Except yeah, for with, you know, people that you don't care about, like, uh, the guy who stole our books. Um, yeah, yeah, then we exactly. hold on to those for fun, for jokes, yeah, for content. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a content grudge. Right. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's a comedic grudge. Uh, that's that's the best guy. But, but yeah, I, yeah. I bring that up because, like, I don't know if it's gotten much worse over time. Like, I think maybe from mm. your perspective, you're, you're, you're feeling it more or something. But, like, that's yeah. a pretty high level of kind of travel stress already where you can't watch like the like I remember one time somebody like tapping me on the shoulder on a plane and being like can you please either not watch that movie or turn your computer a different way and I'm like what and then I realized I was watching oh gosh I don't remember the name of it but some dumb action movie about someone hijacking a plane and it's like like about oh, to wow. go down and I'm like I yeah. don't care I don't know like um, um, I'm able to to really kind of uh, escape into something in a way that it doesn't even feel connected to reality yeah and it's like almost like you certain people you hear of who feel safe watching slasher movies or like yeah. watching like true crime murder things yeah even though that should make them not feel safe yeah you know what i mean yeah i do know what you mean and and those types of things yeah like they really do disturb me like those things make me feel i don't want to use the word unsafe because that's like achingly millennial but those things make me feel not great and um you know i think i think Whatever it is that I'm watching, I do internalize it. And when I love the thing, like Cheers, you know, we always use Cheers as sort of our, our Mendoza line of, of things that we love. But like, I really, I really internalize that. Like, I really want to be in that place with those people. And it reminds me of my grandpa. And I'm, I'm having all these like emotional experiences with whatever it is that I'm watching. So when the thing is negative or stressful or whatever, like travel related, um, like I couldn't watch a high jinxy movie about a road trip a day before I'm taking my road trip. Like right. I couldn't watch mm. planes, trains, and automobiles tonight, you know, like that would stress me out. Right. Yeah. Um, then tomorrow it's, or even tonight when you're trying to sleep, it's in your mind that any yeah. number of things can go wrong. Yeah, yeah. All these things could go wrong on the trip or whatever, but this is probably uh, why you don't like the, the, uh, Coen brothers movies that I do because, yeah, the, there's there's no way for you to not kind of let that darkness sort of invade you a little bit, seep into Yeah, you. that's right. Yeah, it does. Like, movie darkness does, like, translate into real-life darkness for me to some degree. And I, I wish I had... I wish I was more like you in this. Like, I wish I had your ability to compartmentalize at that level because I think it would open up a you know a whole new world of, of movies for me to enjoy. So the second story I have is, is about me. In oh, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my youth... Um, and, and this is how I want to dig deep and see if we can get to the heart of why you're afraid of overpacking. And I, I want to, I want to yep. just be authentic and see if you, uh, would likewise be authentic and really think and look, look inward. Um, dude, you know what this reminds me of? What's that? This reminds me of a retreat I took at CAC, um, <laughs> with, with Richard Rohr, except Father we were Richard on tricycles Rohr. in the desert, you know, <laughs> just kind of dragging the sand behind us while we work some of this stuff out. But I love how gentle you're being with me. You're, you, I'm, I'm reminded of, of my, my many CAC experiences. Was Richard you know? Rohr gentle with you? <laughs> he was very gentle with me. With CAC. <laughs> so, this, so the story is this. I, yeah. When I was in junior high, seventh grade, I think, Yeah. I, I once underpacked 
my lunch. Okay. Um, okay. And I underpacked as well uh, for mm-hmm. class. I only had one pencil when we were supposed to have yeah. three. The, le- the, the lead broke on it, uh, yeah. and nobody would loan me another one. The whole class, mm. I was like very upset. People were mocking me kind of low-key. We went to lunch. Oh, I, I like opened that. my Oh, yeah. No, it's dude, it gets worse. Yeah. I opened my lunchbox. Uh-huh. I look in it. I only have half a sandwich, no juice box, no cookies, no, no lunchables. No juice box, dude? Just, 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 I underpacked. I underpacked the heck out of it. You, and, and, yeah. and, so, and listen, everyone else yeah. at the table started heckling me and shouting oh. at me, don't sit here, you underpacker, you, you freaking underpacker. <laughs> and I got up, Ted, I closed my, my lunchbox, and I walked away in silent, angry shame. <laughs> and I think that's why I now... Overpacked so much. <laughs> <laughs> all the setup. Yeah, all the setup, dude. But it was. Listen, it was so worth it. It was so worth it. Here's something I love about our company. Okay. And then I want to address that story, um, which is very vulnerable and very real and very raw of you. It's as real as our company. Yeah. It was as real, it was as, real as our company. Um, I love how, like, that phrase. Here's the thing. I love how you and I will like pick up on a phrase and it'll become a part of the the fabric of our company. And like that phrase has been making us laugh for over a decade. I dare say 10, 12 years, probably. Dude, and, that's um, in two gut check books. And you also put it in a real book that you published so with a do. real publisher. <laughs> that phrase is in the Library of Congress right now because it of is. our jokes. I know. I love it. <laughs> Man, and you and and you think about cultural impact, you know, and and the kind of impact we've had on the world. I, I just I'm reminded of things like that. Um, no, this story, this underpacking story, it's a it's a a tale as old as mankind itself. You know, um, you 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 for whatever reason that morning, um, the juice box didn't go in. I, I don't know if you were trying to keep it streamlined, but. <laughs> Um, Listening to Zen habits, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zen habits. You just gotten back from CAC. You were all zinned out. Um, <laughs> do you think they have a CAC for children, like kids CAC? CAC kids, CAC kids, <laughs> and it and it's real like children's tricycles that you're that you're driving around the desert. Yeah, I don't know. Man. Actually, they wonders. just send the kids out on a real tricycle into the desert. <laughs> so, like, if you That's come right. back, you've found enlightenment. If you don't, yeah, they yeah. haven't. It, it, Right, right. And uh, the, the kids actually just play on the tricycles. Then Richard Rohr's like, no, you need to be contemplative. You know, you need to you need to surrender your desire to play, you know. Do you think at CAC everyone's wearing khakis? Oh, my gosh, dude. If you got a free pair of, like... Doggone <laughs> it, dude. If you got a free pair of, like, CAC-branded khakis... <laughs> Every time, every time you went to a conference there, dude, when you get back, you kind of you kind of wear them as a badge of pride when you get back, and like your 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 work buddy's like, hey, where'd you get those khakis? Those are sharp, and you're like, oh, got them at got them at CAC. And and their slogan is, it's called it's, it's spelled khakis, C A C I S. You are your freaking khakis. Ah. Oh, um, no, but to your story. <laughs> Your underpacking story, mm. which was so full of shame for you and so healing to which be able to... Which kind of shame? Yeah. Uh, the, the silent anger. <laughs> the, the silent angry kind. Um, dude, actually, you telling that story, 
it opened up some memories for me, Zach, and these are real. I was experimenting with underpacking even as a school kid. And I'm thinking specifically of high school and college, but I, I got into this thing in high school and especially college where like, I wouldn't bring anything to class, like <laughs> nothing, no paper, yeah. no pen, no book, no nothing. paper, no pencil, no nothing, no textbook, no backpack. What like, a middle finger to the professor. <laughs> yeah, it was, it became a part of my persona to just walk in <laughs> and like everybody, Big T's here. Everybody's got like their, yeah, everybody's got like 50 pounds of backpack on and like, you know, they're pulling out all their, all their crap. Like my desk was completely, you know, completely minimalist, nothing on it. (laughs) I would just kind of sit there, dude. Um, And if I needed something, I would borrow it. And for the life of me, I don't know why I did this. It wasn't because I couldn't afford like school supplies. I just think I didn't want to be bothered with it, you know? (laughs) That is a quintessential Ted activity right there. That is yeah. like, like I, I can't be bothered to like gather this stuff up. Forget it. I can do yeah. just as well if I just show up. I, I don't know. There's something very, there's something minimalist about your approach to a lot of things. And what's frustrating yeah. to someone like me is that it always seems to work okay. Which makes me think like, well, why am I like, you know, bothering myself to like overpack and over prepare for things? Well, it's it's weird, man. I think it's a both end. And I think I think perfection is somewhere in the middle of you and me. And like I'll I'll be the first to admit <laughs> undergrad didn't work out as great as it could have. You know, the old <laughs> the old GPA left a little bit to be desired, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Um it wasn't as wasn't as strong, wasn't as robust as it could have been. Um, okay, but do you think when you applied to Union University <laughs> to be the the journalism professor, they were like MFA? But what about that undergrad GPA? Nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. Nobody cares. What about that hundred level history class right? that you didn't take the plastic <laughs> off the books for the entire semester? <laughs> oh man. No, they didn't care. And you know, the 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 sad, startling reality of the whole thing is that no one cares. You know, no one cares what you got on like, you know, uh your your core chemistry class in your sophomore year of college. But uh Nevertheless, I think I think the platonic ideal of, you know, packing versus underpacking is uh, it's somewhere in the middle of you and me, baby. And I, I like to I like to think of, of you and I looking at each other from from both ends of that spectrum, you know, and uh, and trying to meet in the middle and putting our putting our differences aside vis-a-vis you being of Dutch descent and me being of German descent. Um, <laughs> I, I like hate how you so much. I, I know, dude. And I know you hate like. Just the essence of me, like the core of my personhood. That's the part you I know, hate. You, yeah, that's the thing I hate the most. Dude, you look at me and you just see a German. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't see a man. I see a German. It, <laughs> exactly. And that's the part that's the hardest for me to reconcile. You know what I mean? Because um, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about it all the time. Um, Zach, do we want to talk about, what do we want to talk about next? Well, speaking of I'm race just, relations, <laughs> we, yeah. you watched that movie. Speak- Speaking of race relations, I did watch that movie, dude. I watched you people um, at your behest. I have a couple of Jonah Hill things. I have a couple of Eddie Murphy things. Yeah, hit me and I have a couple, and I have a couple of like millennial movie things. Oh yeah, 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 dude. That struck me as the most millennial thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, yeah, in that like they they were always saying things like um, 
you don't see me. I want to be seen. Except they weren't playing it for laughs. It was those were like the serious parts of the movie. <laughs> so there was that, and then there was the fact that like the two main characters' jobs were like Etsy designer and podcaster. But the podcaster <laughs> thing is really what hooked me, man. I yeah, love that's that true. idea. Going pro yeah. with the podcasting, quitting the day job. I mean, I love my job, but like the guy yeah. who and has I love the my like job stifling too. day job. Where Mike yeah, McClintock yeah. is his boss. Oh my gosh, that yeah. was a good scene. Dude, the, the scenes of him at his like stockbroker job were really funny to me. Like I enjoyed those scenes. I, I would have I would have gone for more of them. Um Jonah Hill, dude, just really fun to be with in almost any movie. And I really enjoyed him in this. I thought he looked cool. I thought he was funny. He was weird. It was his brand of like awkward comedic horsepower that that really made the movie for me. Your thoughts on that? I think anytime Jonah Hill's in a movie, even when he's alongside Brad Pitt, he mm-hmm. steals every scene in a way that is still kind of grace, gracious to the other actors, and he makes the movie... If he doesn't make the movie completely, he still makes it 100% better. Dude, totally. Yeah, and in a weird way, he won Moneyball. You know, even though he was on screen with Brad Pitt, like... 90% of his scenes. He still he still kind of won the movie. Um Eddie Murphy totally mailed it in. in I don't like movie. Eddie Murphy to begin with, but I I, I yeah. thought he was okay in this. I yeah, know. he was reading he was reading lines off the cue cards. I, I kept waiting for him to dial it up and be Do you ever see a movie? Oh shoot, dude. Um it's a really funny Eddie Murphy Owen Wilson movie in which Eddie Murphy plays a boxer. Have you seen it? No. It's kind of this over-the-top like spy comedy thing. Oh, 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 I Spy. I Spy. Yeah, I did yeah. see that. I loved him in that. Like, he was just being ridiculous, being over-the-top, kind of being this cocky. Like, when Eddie Murphy does, like, undistilled cockiness, that's my favorite kind of Eddie Murphy. Axel Foley, and Eddie Murphy. Axel Foley, yeah, like an Axel Foley kind of vibe. And we never really got there with this. Um, I thought it was like... An hour and 50 minutes of a really fun, funny movie, and then 10 minutes of an after-school special at the end. And um, Yeah, I mean, it did I don't get know how you felt so earnest that. and, and, and guilt-trippy. Yeah. It did. Yeah, yeah. It got guilt-trippy at the end. It was like, hey, don't be racist. And then, like, I'm so sorry about how I was racist. And then they have a big party, and then the credits roll. But here's my thing I, that I did yeah. like. And, and I, yeah. in general, I mean... I also am on board with the message of don't be a racist. So Yeah, I'm on board with that too. Despite <laughs> dude, dis, are you on board with it though, despite like all the hurtful things you've said about me being German? On you know, this I think that the, the only racism that's acceptable these days is anti German racism. Dutch on German racism. Dutch, yeah. <laughs> Stop the Dutch on German violence. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Well, well I'm gonna start some Dutch on German violence when you get here. If you crosstalk me, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Actually, can I say something, Ted? I don't even like this fake, jokey like uh, mm. antagonism here. I want to squash this. Yeah, you want this. people to know that the hatred is undistilled and real. No, no. I want them oh. to know that the hatred is just a gag. We were just kidding. Yeah. And the uh, hatred is nothing a gag. But, but the deepest of respect and love and affection for you. So um, Even though I'm an underpacker, you don't see me as an underpacker? Well, I mean, I see you more as um, a filthy German secondarily as an underpacker, but then beneath that yeah. as a, as a true friend. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah. See, that's how this, how, it's how this can work, you know? Um, <laughs> but, but with it. the, uh, the, the racist stuff with like Julia Louis Dreyfus character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that 
because they they had her be kind of over the top with a sort of like attempted overcorrection that a lot of white people I know and probably me myself at some point do indulge in. Yeah. And showing how that like is is received and how it hits people who who are having to put up with it constantly. Her like mm-hmm. Just every conversation and every comment being like, ooh, tell me about the names of the different black hairstyles and and ooh, blah, blah. And like in, in, yeah. in really kind of treating her as um, a demographic and, and you know, someone to be the object of her, her affluent white liberal guilt instead of yeah. a human. It was, yeah. a, it was I thought, a, a kind of ballsy approach to it. Instead of having her be like this red state kind of like making, you know, like, Trumpy comments, which has been done to death. Having her be this, like, very liberal person whose white liberalism is actually just obnoxious. Yeah, like, she's still tripping all over herself in her white liberalism. Yeah, that was fascinating, wasn't it? That's a really good point. It was a pretty smartly written movie. Yeah, it was. That was, um, that was. That was interesting because, yeah, for a while, I just thought, like, she's a human punchline. You know, like, she she's just... The human punchline in every scene, and she's saying the dumb thing. And dude, here's what I didn't get. Explain this one to me, okay? So David Duchovny's in the movie, which, by the way, I I thought he looked really good. Not to be weird. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen him or thought about him in like 15 years, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, David Duchovny looks he looks really good. He's aging well. Um, I mean, he's, he's yeah, not he's as aging well as Elliot well. Gould, who also appeared on screen. But you know, I know, and I love that dude. So Duchovny's in the movie as Jonah Hill's dad. All right. And sort of the the Duchovny punchline is that he's obsessed with the early 2000s rapper Exhibit. Exhibit. And in the movie, this is like played for sadness and laughs, right? Uh Like he is a punchline. This is ridiculous. However, it's in no way sad and ridiculous that Jonah Hill's character is equally obsessed with the mid-2000s rapper Drake. That's true. Yeah. Explain that to me. Like... How is it like less ridiculous to be obsessed with Drake? I think there's one a one word answer. What is it? Irony. If you are part of a generation that ensconces everything in irony, yeah. then you can like whatever and be super into whatever. Yeah. But if you're actually into it for real without like a like a sneer on top of it, then you're lame yeah. and outdated and old and blah blah blah. Yes. That's right, dude. That's such a good point. And that that to me begs a question about the reception of this movie. And I want to hear you on this. So this movie, I read some reviews and stuff after watching it, is just getting slaughtered. It's getting murdered, dude. Yeah. And it's getting murdered by people who take umbrage with some aspect of it or another, right? So like, it, it begged the question in me, so if you're a millennial and you're making movies by and large for people whose job it is to take umbrage... (laughs) <laughs> is it a fool's errand? You know what I mean? Are you ever going to make a satisfying movie for that group of people? You know, <laughs> if you, if you don't in- engage the race stuff enough, they're like, Oh, you're, you're whitewashing yeah. and you're, 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 you're kind of just trying to make everything rose colored glasses. If you do engage right. it, you're doing it wrong. It, well, that's, yes. that's the conundrum of just being alive right now. You have to it care is. about everything yeah. and talk about everything and, and honor everything. But if you care mm-hmm. about, talk about or honor things, you're a, appropriating them or blah 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 you, you can't do it right you can't do anything right. but you have to do everything and oh that's that's so well said yeah it is frustrating you can't do anything but you have to do everything and it even sort of begged the question so like 
the the sole sort of uh, energy in Jonah Hill's relationship with the woman with whom he had a relationship in the movie is that they both like rap and they both like shoe shopping, right? So I'm watching it and I'm going, dang, like I enjoy rap sometimes and I like shoe shopping, but if I say that out loud, am I sort of doing the kind of performative appropriating that the movie would seek to eviscerate? Mm. I don't know. It just made me really confused. And I, I, I like truly got in my own head for a few minutes. About, Are you allowed about to like certain things is such a right. crappy question to have to ask. But if it you really don't is. like it like, enough, then you're also a bad guy. I know, right? Um, yeah, it's it's just a minefield of of potential issues. But I did, I did I, at kind of a top level thousand foot view. I found it interesting how the movie is being received. Tell and me some of the complaints people have. I didn't look at any reviews. Yeah, so the complaints that people have are that, and and they're really these like laser focused complaints about how the race stuff was handled, either on like the the Jewish side, you know, or sort of with the Eddie Murphy family side of the whole thing, um, and just the way that the dialogue came off and some of the accusations that were made, and the the problem is, so I, I actually wrote about this. I don't know if it's gonna get get published and if it doesn't we can run it on the patreon but like and i know you haven't watched this show but to me curb your enthusiasm stands as like the platonic ideal of this kind of humor so throughout the the journey of curb your enthusiasm larry david was like the idiot who was always like wandering into the minefield of social issues and saying the wrong thing Uh right and instead of the 10 minutes of after school special at the end they just sort of let Larry get into the problem and they let him take the bullets that come with him being stupid. <laughs> and then the episode just ends. And so they weren't they weren't inviting you to like have a perspective other than Larry David's such an idiot. And isn't isn't it funny like the the, the kind of situations he gets himself in? And this movie kind of seemed like it would do that, but then it after school specialed it at the end. But but yeah, like the 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 main thrust of the umbrage seems to be like how the 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 various race issues were handled. And but but I guess my defense of the movie would be you can't make a movie like this without mishandling something. You know what I mean? It's like transporting plutonium. Right, yeah. Or or from someone's point of view mishandling it. I mean you can't please everybody. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. So you're you're like the story is like the plutonium. <laughs> you're trying not to Bless drop you. it as you as you walk along. Thank you. Yeah. So it was an enjoyable two hours, man. I I had some like some truly laugh out loud moments with it. I enjoyed it. And as like a love story, which I think we both can admit we very much like in our in our middle age. Yeah. Um, yeah, as as like a uh, Lloyd Dobler character. Yeah. I loved Jonah Hill's character. I loved how he was willing. Dude, when he told off his uh, soon-to-be father-in-law. That was awesome. Because it was like, none of the stuff you're going to throw at me is going to get between me and the the woman I love. Of course, it then immediately did. but but, It then uh, immediately did, yeah. Yeah. It had to because it was a paint-by-numbers plot, really. But but like, I don't know, as that character and as, like, I believed that, that, like, these two people... Even though they had all these, and I love stories about uh, people who are clearly meant to be together, but there's all these obstacles. They they were so good at 
um, showing both the realistic stuff that would come up and how they were like, no, we're, we are a unit together. We are going to overcome these things. And only when yeah. they got separated from, you know, and somehow wound up on the other side from yeah. each other, did they start to fall apart? I don't know. I, I thought when at the end, when I thought they were going to end it with this, you see, they can't get together because the world's too broken. I was like getting really bummed. And yeah. when they had that, like spoilers, when they had that like uh, impromptu wedding waiting for them, dude, I yeah. a, a single tear sort of like pooled in the corner of my eye. It was it was a yeah. beautiful ending. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was definitely fun, and um, yeah, I I I enjoyed the movie, and I enjoyed. Tell tell me if this resonated. Like Jonah Hill's hair kind of looked like mine. Yeah, and I can see that. That pleased me. He was sort of a he was a chain guy, like a necklace guy, like I am. And I, dude, I hope. We're still planning a Dicker and Deal trip, dude. We're doing it. We know when we're doing it. We're doing it when uh, our ladies have an appointment uh, at another store. Dude, yes. That's going to be so fun. I'm going to buy some crap, and I can't wait. Um, dude, I feel like uh, so Elliot Gould's chest kind of looked like your chest. Dude, it did. Yeah, Elliot Gould's chest looked like my chest. Dude, seeing By Elliot way, Gould and, and freaking uh, Ray Perlman in the same film, in the same synagogue, almost yeah. like... Like you know, broke the space time continuum for me. That was too much amazingness. Yeah. That was a lot for you and me, dude. Because yeah. we have we have such a high view of those two people. Um, yeah, really, really fun. That stretch, dude. Like that synagogue, like five or six minutes was maybe the funniest part of the whole movie yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like his doctor or his orthodontist approaching him. <laughs> that was so oh funny. my gosh, that was so funny, dude. Dude, they could have used uh, a little Jeremy Piven in that in that scene, though. I think I don't know oh, what they yeah. were thinking, not casting him in there. Yeah, I know Piven. Piven would be nice. Although, didn't did Piven get canceled? Oh, I hope not. Did he for entourage related too. stuff? Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't I acknowledge any of that, especially now that like everyone who gets canceled, like the next thing that happens to them is that they like win an Oscar or have a, a like yeah. record breaking Netflix special come out. It's almost yeah, that's true. It's, it seems to be like helping people's careers. Yeah, well, that, um, hopefully, I don't. I don't want bad behavior to help people, especially you know, yeah. uh, you know, a behavior that that victimizes people, but yeah, like of a certain nature. Yeah, if it's just stupid stuff, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm happy to see that that. Uh, chapter close it had to eventually or we were going to come become a full-on nazi nation which you probably would love as a german but i would not (laughs) dude you're all you're always bringing it up you can't let it go right (laughs) it's between us it's physically the elephant between us you know it is it's it's physically the gigantic german elephant (laughs) it's an elephant with like (laughs) mustaches mustaches exactly you can't often see it because the trunk hides it when it hangs down. But yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Only when it like yells, it you rears know, the, its head. The, yeah, yeah, it rears can... its head right in a certain way. I don't know a lot about elephants. Not a big <laughs> science guy, but uh... <laughs> Zach, we've done what we always do on this program, in that we've wandered to and to and fro throughout our our various silent angry shames and our various nationalities, <laughs> and we've done a lot of healing. <laughs> and we will see you. Schnell. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Then pay for it. You do it. Next time you should ask anything. Next time you should call sure. me in the Yo, middle dude, of the night. Send, baby, so we fun. know where this is heading. Let's make a run for it and get lost in the light.